I, I usually look up and have to remind myself who was named Valentine and what did he have to do with anything? <laughs> I got, and every year I forget about who Valentine is. Uh, St. Valentine's, but if that's meaningful to you, uh, if I put on a red shirt today that says love on it, you know, is that, that red? Garb. It looks a little orange to my eyes, but oh, maybe that's it? just the or is it a faded it, red? It is hardcore red, it is oh, so wow. red you, you might you might have said a deep pink. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's real, <laughs> maybe I've been colorblind my whole life, and that's the problem. I, my, that's it. Yeah, that starts answering a lot of questions. It does. Uh, you know what else answers a lot of questions is a board game about Jainism. And uh, if, if you've ever thought, boy, how could I learn about Jainism? Well, have we got a board game for you? Uh, we, we really did. We Dan and I uh, went off to something called the Parliament of the World's Religions, which was hosted in Chicago this last summer. And we were there doing a whole number of things, talking about whistleblowers, how important whistleblowers are uh, for the safety of our of our country, government whistleblowers, religious whistleblowers, um, uh, people at uh, at festivals blowing whistles. That's always a it's always a fun thing. Uh, street street police, uh, you know, they're traffic cops. They need to blow whistles. No, we we really did uh, go with um, a part of a booth uh, that. Uh, Frequent listener and uh, super booster of O Common Good, Joe Carson, uh, helped us uh, find our way to where we supported um, the whistleblower effort. And then we had a chance to talk with people who joined from around the world and around the country, of course, the United States of America, but around the world, the Parliament of the World's Religions uh, gathering. And uh, it was in a giant conference center in Chicago, the McCormick Center. And we were in a booth area where you set up a booth uh, along with other people setting up setting up their booths. And people would come by and we would chat with them about our stuff and what we do at Vote Common Good. And then we would recruit other people to come into our booth and do interviews with us. We're just now getting these out to the rest of the world. So our first one here is super interesting. So that's what we're talking about. So if you saw the title of this and you thought, Jainism in a board game? All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. And so over the next couple of months, you will see a number of interviews of the greatest cast of characters. I mean, the people we met were just so fascinating. It, you, I'll tell you, you get the world's religion peoples, the world's religions uh, leaders together. And people that would come to something like this were more like us. Uh, right. and I don't know if you remember how frequent it was. Talk to Hindus, Jainists, Buddhists, um, uh, the, the the people that are into like uh, earth earth stuff. Um, who's the guy with the the big beard? What what's that? Oh, we had uh, pagans yeah. and heathens. Yeah, pagans and heathens, like self declared heathens. Not like that's a bad word. I'm calling someone like they were of the heathen and pagan church. And we would sit with them and say, "So, how did you get into this?" And it turns out that their relationship with heathenism or paganism, or Jainism, or Buddhism, or Hinduism was very similar to our relationship with Christianity. Like, hey, we think we're a little offbeat. We think we're doing something a little different. We know a lot of people in our world hear this story, but we think it's important that they engage like this. It was fascinating. We were yeah. so many of us part of the same way of viewing the world in relationship to our religion. It was just because Such the, a treat. the type of religious person that's willing to go and mingle and converse with other 
religious people from different traditions is a particular type. It tends to be a little more progressive. Like there weren't a lot of fundamentalist Baptists at the Parliament of the World's Religions because they just don't play nice with other religions. And uh, right. it, it was really beautiful and interesting. And uh, we got to meet a lot of fascinating people and hear their stories. Pretty good and stuff. And we're going we're gonna to bring a bunch of those to you because not only do they, you're right, Dan, were they like more engaged than a lot of other people in religion, these folks, but they were all creative in some kind of way. Like they were coming up with ways to be active in the world, in their religion, in a way that was good for everyone whenever possible, and trying to be more creative than just your typical person. Um, so this this first interview that we're going to show you today, 30 minutes um, with someone named Serbi Pandia. Her booth was right across from ours, and her daughters were there. Or maybe her daughter and son. Daughter and son, now. yeah. And they had a board game sitting out. And, I, and over the couple of days, we were watching them sort of move about, and then when... when when Serby came, went over and said, hey, could, could we interview you? And she turns out to be all kinds of fascinating, brilliant. And she's a mom uh, living in the suburbs somewhere. I have forgotten now, um, maybe Ohio or someplace. I forget as well. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, as a Jainist, I realized it's hard for me to help my kids understand the precepts and teaching of Jainism. So I created a board game for them. To- <laughs> I'm like, okay, first of all, you're so interesting. She's like a scientist and an artist. Yeah, and, and an artist. Because of- I, I looked up her website you know, to get the links for the show notes, uh, which you all can check out later. And I had forgotten that she is also a painter. She's got uh, these amazing paintings on her website. Um, and this one is themed, if you're just listening, you'll have to go over to the website and check it out. But this uh, painting is uh, a faith and science theme. And uh, it's sort of an abstract image, but you can see like this DNA double helix weaving through this image. And uh, it's just fascinating. Like, again, this is, this is someone that leans more progressive within her Jainist faith. And uh, she even talks about that in the interview, how she doesn't quite fit in with uh, the more traditional Jainists because of this. Yeah, and and that is the theme that will come up over and over is the creativity and the spontaneity and the the let's solve the problem that our religious traditions contribute to kind of tone and attitude. It was just really, really wonderful. And so uh, Serbi uh, Pandia just turns out to be uh, a real, real treat. So we're, we're going to get into all of that and, and her talking about the, just the normal, the normal things of being a mom with kids and trying to say like, I want to pass something on that is meaningful to me, to my children. And the way we do it in our Janist community doesn't work for them. So I created a board game. <laughs> like, okay. I've, I've never met anyone who created a board game. It, I didn't, I, no, just regular old people sat down and just made up a board game. And then had to make <laughs> up a board game that made sense of a religion. Right. And had to make sense of religion, which is Jainism, which is also derivative of other kinds of Hindu and Buddhist things. So the complexity to all of this was just was just really fantastic. So yeah. Uh so you're gonna see this, uh you're gonna see this interview. Dan and I will be on here live with you um 
Uh, so if you're making comments in, we can uh, we can interact with you in the comments, and then at the end we'll make uh, have, have a few reflections because we I, I don't I didn't I haven't watched this yet, Dan. I'm, I guess you watched it, you know, to prep the video, but um, I. I don't remember all the details, so I feel like I'm watching it afresh uh, yeah. as well, and can't can't wait um, for this <laughs> for this to happen. So, <laughs> um, uh, my super crush is on uh, a Janist board game scientist mom, uh, board game maker scientist mom named Serby Pandia. She is uh, she's the the Janist to beat all Janus in my book, <laughs> and. Uh, all right. So, do we, do we have to say, do we have to say anything? Oh, we should tell people if you're waiting for the Sarah McCammon interview um, uh, about her book, The Exvangelicals, we're going to hold off on that until the book comes out. So, uh, interview uh, complete, and we will share it with you uh, after March 19th when the book when the book comes out. So, stay tuned for that. I know we alluded to that yesterday, and some of you mark your calendars by the uh, right. Common Good yep. Podcast. <laughs> just just correct it. Uh, all right. So. Uh, uh, Serby Pandia, P-A-N-D-Y-A, if you're going to look her up, um, uh, S-U-R-B-H-I, P-A-N-D-Y-A, if you've got that spelling right. All right, so uh, just tremendous. Uh, so here it is, uh, our conversation with Serby. Serby, thank you for being with us and thank talking you. with us. We're at the Parliament of the World Religions, and your booth is right across from ours. <laughs> your booth says, Awaken Now, and you're a Jainist. And you created board games, and all of that is so interesting to me. So can you tell us about, about the board games and why you created those as a way for people to understand Jainism? Um, absolutely. Thank you, first of all, for inviting me to speak with you yeah. and allowing our um, audience to be shared about these amazing concepts. Um, the board game started uh, from the journey when I um, had my two kids, and I realized that the most complex phenomenons of the ancient wisdom, it is very difficult to understand because it is not available in common day language. And I saw that these kids are most drawn towards entertainment. Yeah. And the best way to enter into their hearts and their psyche, um, to just a psyche which can change their thinking, which can change their lives, is through entering through the board games. Because the age kids of like 5 to 11 they are very much into board games. Yes. And that gave me an idea to use the, um, uh, the ancient wisdom in such a way uh, that they, while playing the game, they can just learn how they should um, go about oh. with the life. Of, yeah. All right. So I'm very interested in all of this. Um, making a game is not an easy thing to do. And then taking complex ancient wisdom and making that available for children is not easy to do. And you found a way to bring those together. How did you know how to make board games? I've seen two different board games over there. Do you have those two or are there, are there others as well? So um, in the process, I have created six board games, but launched only two of them for now. Okay. And uh, yes, uh, how did I start truly telling you it was my inner desire and passion to teach my kids you know, uh, life to teach my kids the real virtues wow. and that gave me enough courage and enough um, intention to put it into, um, into the board form. I'm a very busy person with my own business and with handling the house and being a housewife as well as a businesswoman 
and uh, the only time I could get to make these games was at night when everyone wow. was sleeping. Wow. So my time to create them was 11 to 2 in the night <laughs> and I was like relentlessly working to hack into the minds of the young kids in order to, you know, to, to get into it and bring these complex phenomena to the most simplified versions of life. Well, we're going to talk about those concepts in a minute, but I want to stay in the games if we could. How did you know how to make a board game? Did you know people or did you have to look on the internet? How did you... You know, it's, it's a very simple task of life. If you are an observer, you can do anything in life. All of us have played board games. We have gone through it. We know what magic it creates inside us when we go through the process. That has lived in hearts of every one of us. And that gave me the impulse to just go ahead and do it. Wow. <laughs> How long did it take you from when you first started to, to have a game together that you felt like communicated what you wanted it to communicate? Right. So uh, you know that I told you I have a very, very short time moments yeah, that I could put yeah, together yes. to create the games. And uh, it took me six uh, years to wow. finish up those board games. It's a long because, commitment. Yes. Uh, were you raised? Were you raised in Jainism? I am. Yes, I'm raised in Jain philosophy. Yes. Um, how did your parents teach it to you, and why did you want that process to be different than how you taught it to your children? Uh, two basic phenomena which was ingrained in my um, as a Jain kid. Number one was my food eating style. So we are very kind and we have a non-violent lifestyle. So um, uh, vegetarianism and then above all sometimes veganism. So it's that's that's the core of our food style which teaches us that we are Jains because we are kind to everyone. To the extent that we will even filter the water we drink and when we filter the water, the organisms, the microorganisms that get captured into that cloth, when we filter it, we put those organisms back into the source. That wow. is the level of our vigilance towards kindness, towards living beings around us. Wow. Because we believe that every single living being, be it a microorganism, an ant, an elephant, or a human being, it has consciousness which has the capacity to reach to its highest potential. So we have respect for every being in the universe. Wow. So that's where the Jain lifestyle begins. And then with that statement said, it goes into the lifelong way. So your parents taught that to you without board games. How did they, yes. how did they teach it to you and why did you feel like your children would benefit so much from a, a different approach? Um, uh, so, in the olden times where I'm coming from, we used to have joint family. So, living in a joint family, uh, we were not um, controlled or, you know, uh, of our thought process inside just by two sets of parents. So, our parents were like ten sets of parents for I us, see. right? And uh, that gave us a bigger dimension to learn wow, yeah. things because we got verifications. We saw our parents doing it, and then we saw the whole uh, family doing it, yes. then we saw the whole community doing it. So it's the, them doing the actions that spoke to us in a nonverbal way, and we changed our lives. Like you were immersed in it. Yes, and yes. looking at the society system today, which is a um, nuclear family, in which we are just four members living together, husband, wife, and two kids, like that's the basic setup here. Yeah. So with that, there is such a restricted area right. of uh, learning. And most of the time, we don't have time for each other or for others because we are too busy, occupied with our own lives, right? Yeah. And so who will teach these lessons? <laughs> so for a 
child growing up in an American context, you needed to find an immersive experience for them. And the, the board games and games was one of the ways they could do that. Yes, I believe it uh, holds true for, for every cu uh, culture civilization who is westernized now. Yeah. Do you sometimes wish you were living in India to raise your children? I believe your home is where you create it. <laughs> okay. So you've said, all right, I had one experience, but I'm going to create an experience for my children. Where, where, where do you live? What part of... I'm in New York. I'm okay. living in Long Island. Okay. Is the Jane community lively there? Are there other people for you all to be engaged with? And yes, it's Jane and non-Jane community. Everyone, everyone is like very much active towards the thought processes that I am creating these games with, yes. Yeah. Um, have you found other children now? Do you know friends and other people in your community that are using these games and benefiting um, from Very interestingly, the games initially got picked up by psychology uh, consultants and by senior citizen groups. So the age group of these games is uh, one game is 9 to 99, the other game is 5 to 99. <laughs> well, why not 100? Then after 99, you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you can rest on your... Yes. Um, so, uh, it is, uh, so I have a review from, um, from an institute, uh, from an education institute director. Uh, she was the principal of um, uh, um, uh, uh, in uh, New Jersey. She was the principal of um, institute there, a school college. And then she played the game one time uh -huh. with me. And after playing the game, she's 84 years. And she told me that, Surbi, uh, I believe looking at the thought process you're giving me, I need to restart my life one more time. I have not learned anyone, any of these concepts ever in my life. What, so what are the concepts very, that they learn that someone experiences when they play the game or when they... The biggest one is self-realization. Okay. Um, also, uh, the word I've given to it is clarity. Having clarity in every single thing that we do. Clarity of our intentions, clarity of our speech, clarity of our behavior. And how does that clarity come in? So the games are helping us uh, um, uh, recognize our... Um, our uh, our everyday events and through those everyday activities and events I'm taking them to a level of self-realization uh -huh. and then they get clarity in how to make correct choices in their life wow. so it's a process uh, yes what was your clarifying intention when you came to this event what, what were you knowing you wanted to do when you were here um Number one intent was bringing an awareness of consciousness in everyone. Here, everyone is talking about conscience. Conscience gives us a decision-making power to do good or to do bad. So we are differentiating between good and bad all the time. Yes. But according to me, consciousness is not about good or bad. Consciousness is complete in itself. It does not pass a judgment. It does not pass a opinion gives an opinion about anyone it just is there all we need to do is recognize the power of the consciousness and when we recognize the consciousness flows through us in our blank space that we create for it to flow through mm. and then it starts talking to us that's what in truth the conscience is today our conscience is based on our belief systems but when our real level of consciousness gets raised, that is the point when the conscience must begin to talk in the right ways. 
Ah, that's conscience doesn't need to be based on something else. It's no. in and of itself. Yes. Is su- you is don't sufficient. need a belief system for conscience to speak for you. The, just raise your level of consciousness and conscience will begin speaking through you. Is that particular to you? Is that a sabi approach where other Jains are like This is I a life know, approach. It. It's a life. It's a long way for me to come to this point of yes. self-realization. I'm a science student, so I'm very much into the latest scientific researches and neuroscience and um, neurobiology and uh, just name it mathematics and physics and I'm trying to find the answers to the ancient wisdom through these modern technologies and the ways and the discoveries and from those when I started relating I started I I came with this understanding that uh, let's stop talking about conscience just raise the level of consciousness it will speak when when people hear you say this and they come from a tradition or a practice where consciousness is based on something else what how do they how do they push back or how do they respond if they don't agree yes, with you very interesting i'll tell you i'm taking a workshop here it's a nine hour immersive workshop it's divided into three days um uh, three hours each uh, day so in this workshop yesterday which i gave my first one uh, it was a three hour um where i was training people to understand their um, understand themselves realize themselves better so I'm not talking about consciousness to them I'm not talking about conscience to them you will not believe it I'm talking to them about what they already got which is their five senses I'm talking to them about their mind about their thought process about their the, the speech the clarity in speech I'm I'm talking very practical I'm talking I'm bringing them from their thoughts and bringing them down, grounding them to the earth and bringing them into their physical yeah, uh, yeah, physical bodies. Yeah. Once you start clearing up your physical sensations and uh, allow space in them, because right now we see things the way we want to see. We don't see the things the way they are. We hear things how we want to hear. Yes. We don't hear what is being said. Right? right? We taste right, right. depending right. on what our preferences for taste is. But we are not realizing that uh, the ability of taste is there just to taste. <laughs> just to realize yourself. So after the workshop, everyone had a big laugh. They said, really, it could be that simple wow. to listen to our consciousness? I, so, I, mean, <laughs> I hear people who talk about consciousness in a lot of arenas my wife was a yoga instructor and there's a lot so there's a lot of this in my life and many times people contrast those physical sensibilities with consciousness they want you to pursue some ways that you quiet all of those and set them aside so they don't interfere with the real thing that's consciousness okay I feel so, like you're saying something different than that though so two things combined here right so Aren't we a spirit inside a body? Okay. Why do we have both the things together? There's a reason to it. We cannot neglect yes. the body. We cannot neglect the body's sensations. Yes. Instead, we have to go through it. We have to realize and recognize right. ourselves through it. Yes. You cannot deny your um, likes and dislikes that you feel through your senses. Wow. You need to recognize it in order to realize yourself. So I have three basic words that I use is recognize, realize, and rehearse. 
by recognizes recognize what you have been given what you have oh, and recognize like pay it pay attention to it and name atten- it and pay attention to it and recognize its true abilities what are your eyes meant for what are your ears meant for what are your senses meant for what is your mind meant for first recognize your abilities and what you can do through them first come to the body come to the abc's first right uh-huh. that's recognizing then you go to realization so realization is every single article you have been given in the body is directing just towards yourself it is giving you a point of realization the moment you taste something sweet tell me that sweet feeling is inside you or is it inside that sweet you are tasting oh uh, yeah 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 i see that realization is inside you yes. so i'm connecting through your physicality to your um realized state to make you come to the point to understand that you exist you exist in this body you don't exist in your yeah. mind okay stop living in your mind <laughs> and then finally uh, okay. is rehearsing yeah. which is you need to rehearse your experiences once you detach yourselves from your um, um emotional experiences uh-huh. and bring yourself to your physical experiences right that's the point you get certain kind of experiences which is aha moments because you're not having any filtered thoughts for anything now and with those aha moments those experiences need to be rehearsed because yes. we yes. are running mm-hmm. long with our wrong way of yeah like habits and patterns habits and patterns and addictions mm-hmm. it's running long way yeah. to cut it off we need to rehearse our good experiences another another uh, the, the, set experiences the set of experiences that we're really having not the ones we're telling ourselves yes oh, i yes. love this very much <laughs> like this is genius and there are a lot of people that i know again who uh talk about consciousness and they don't reference the body as the prime experience they say things like it's what it's the empty container the the flesh the the dead meat in which our consciousness dwells and someday will leave behind for its full purposes i hear that in people who hold to eastern <laughs> thought i hold to hear that in christian thought a lot of people say that you're saying something different yes please um definitely there are levels right once the consciousness begins to talk through you the yeah. consciousness gets an unlimited access through your limited body for a time period of time right and then later on the consciousness has such a power that it expands itself and it will expand itself and it will pull itself out of this unlimited the limited form to realize its lim- unlimited potential and that's the process when the body gets left behind and the consciousness becomes you your existence I becomes uh, complete but, but as long as process. you have a body yeah, then you have you to be yeah but you need to go through it. your body <laughs> some point you won't have a body but yes, as long oh, as you yes. do you can't keep denying you can't talk about that right now you know <laughs> wow that is what i when i uh, a lot of people so everyone ask, is talking about the z's without telling for how to go to z from a yes That's, that's, and they want that's to talk about work. whatever experience is that going to be after. Good. That feels good to talk about. You feel, wow, yes. you are in some space talking. You know, yes. yesterday when I took that workshop, in the end, everyone was, really? And then I said, did I take away the song from your party? Yes. <laughs> the music from your party? I can see <laughs> why. Then, because everyone is in their thoughts and they like to talk about the soul and yes. consciousness and conscience. Yes. Not realizing that they are first physical beings. Yes. And they're disassociating, and basically. And they're dissociating. They're denying their yes. own reality. And they want to talk about something they're n- not yet realized it's a, about. It's a dualism that people really yes. want to get out so that they can 
can be freed. Why do you think so many of us want to get free from our bodies then? What, obviously, people are supporting these ideas because somehow they want them. What do you think it is that makes people want that dualistic separation? There are several things. Everyone is in their own path of maturity, right? Self-realization. Some people come to this point of realization from their sufferings, from their divorces, from their uh, from losing um, loved ones. They realize that life is much more than what they used to believe it is. Some people come from um, listening to the masters. There's something more of me possible. Looking at the um, uh, uh, higher level consciousness where Gandhi operated from, where uh, Martin Luther King operated from, much higher, Vivekananda operated from, much higher level of consciousness, which is capable of influencing thousands of people because of its raised consciousness. And so there are many factors which can bring people to um, get attracted towards understanding what this consciousness could be about. Yeah. If someone hears this conversation and thinks, I didn't know about Jain belief, and they look up Jainism, are they going to find this, what you're describing, or are they going to find something? (laughs) They're going to find it only on your channel right now. (laughs) I'm not out there. (laughs) You're... uh... You're, fr- you're coming from a Jane perspective, but you're expanding it in some new ways. Do you ever feel like you're going to have to leave Jainism behind for something new? Or okay, so, where do you- so I understand that um, it's not just Jainism because I was a very rebellion kind of kid. Okay. I said that just because I'm born in a Jain family, I'm not going to listen to what Jainism wow. is speaking to me about. So I started going through Buddhism to Christianity, through Zoroastrism to... to to name it, I mean, new age sciences, everything, I, new religions, and I started investigating through everything. Then I realized that um, every single thing, the common piece in everyone is the desire to f- be free, the desire to experience your own higher potential, right? And then um, I started seeing what is the, because I'm a science student, I want logic and science. So I started investigating Jain science also. And then I learned in my way that it is actually science. It has got nothing to do with religion. It's a complete science. It talks about physics. It talks about microbiology. I'm a microbiology student. It talks about genetics. It talks about um, physics. It talks about dimensions. I mean, cosmology, astrology, everything. It's a complete science. Then I started investigating with, from the perspectives of today's discoveries on the science. And, uh, that gave me a lot of, uh, um, and with the, with the blessings of my guru, because I'm a rebellion kid, I did not want to just listen to Jane philosophy and how it's um, opening up the minds. But I learned uh, that Jainism is not a religion, it is a lifestyle. And that was my beginning point. That I have to tell this to the world that this is just the way of humanity. That is, is just live yourself like a normal human being. And if you want to learn how to be a normal human being, please listen to these basic concepts. It will be easier to go there. I see. So for you, Jainism is not about the teachings and the beliefs and the structures. It's about a way of going. And to that, you're expanding. When your consciousness expands, you get the learnings, you get the teachings through it, through your own life. You learn it through it. Do your parents feel like you've kept with the Jain faith or do they think you've veered off? Um, Their only work was... 
for them to marry me into the Jain faith. Okay. <laughs> and then they were gone. <laughs> they said, Tata, our work is done. <laughs> now I'm on my own. <laughs> They're not worried about that. Uh, does your are you married now? Yes, I'm Does married. your husband think you've stayed inside the Jain faith? Um, my husband uh, is a Jain, right? But um, what is happening with the newer generations is that even though we're they're just born as Jain, but they are not understanding the core. Um, uh, they don't have the core understanding what is a Jain lifestyle about. I see. And um, so everyone is in different directions today. So what we really need is to uh, lighten up their hearts, their beings, you know, with living the right kind of life. That is all is required for humanity today. I see. Right? So he is totally open to my ideas. I yes. see. When I was talking to some people here about the, your booth, and I said, oh, what I understand of Jane, Faith, they're so committed to nonviolence that they won't, they're careful about bugs and they won't eat gourds because when they're pulled up, they affect the microorganism. Like, so, um, and I knew it was sort of embedded in Indian uh, Hindu thoughts, but older than that, I think. You know, I didn't know very much, but what I did know was that part of the nonviolence and the care and and vegetarianism and veganism and so on. Um, do you think that's a good thing for someone to have known? Like, do you wish someone like me who knew a few things about Jane knew, like said, oh, let me, what I know about it is something else? Or are you, how, how does I that mean, strike you? The best thing which you just said in your statement is not harming anyone. That is all. I mean, you are a Jane too now oh. when you're coming from that perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, I've been more that way at different times of my life. Um, I have this. Th- there's a Christian teaching that um, every everything lives and moves in God. So God's not in us, but we all live in God. And so, what everything we are about is in the life of God. That's very. It's a nice way to uh, expand your awareness and bring more alertness into your thought process. Um, going a step further, um, Jainism talks about that every single being is a god in the making. Yes, yes it is. Um, uh, the awareness inside us is able to recognize the awareness around us. Yes. So uh, we need to make our awareness to such an unrestricted, vulnerable level mm-hmm. that every single being in the universe can just uh, have an empathetic participation with us yeah. just to start with. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's that's. That's beautiful. Um, you you were able to speak in the session in there. What? Uh, how did that go? And what did you say? Yes, thank you so much. Yes, um, my uh, plenary speech went well. A um, lot of people told me that's how you come to know how it was taken okay. and received. Um, two major concepts I spoke there. I know the world is under such a big turmoil with so many things going on at the level of disturbing its uh, peace. But somehow I always begin from within myself. The work has to be done within. So two basic concepts I put forward. One is interdependence, which is um, Jain concept of Parasparu Pagroho Jeeva Naam, which means that each one of us is here for each other, with Mm. each other, uh, to recognize the presence of um, uh, goodness in each other. We are interdependent on our 
uh, I mean, just talk about these mirror neurons uh, 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 concept right now, right? Yeah. If you are experiencing um, pleasure or pain, just sitting in front of you, I already start strategizing the same pain and pleasure inside me. Yeah. This is so we are so interdependent on each other. We don't realize that every single thought, every single word, every single intention we have in our mind and heart has an effect and creates a ripple in the grand um, wow. uh, ocean uh, right there in front yeah. of us. So that's the concept of interdependence. And the second one is Atma Swatantra, which is every single soul has the capacity to uplift themselves and make the right choices. Wow. Yeah, so those two were biggest concepts which I put forward that let's resolve the world issues by um, by being at, uh, by being very much you know um, uh, open to these two thoughts. Yeah, and those two thoughts are are central to to Jain belief. Yes, yes, they are. If someone looks up Jain, yes. they're going to find they're those two. They're going to find those two, yes, and a few others, <laughs> but not your uh, other <laughs> consciousness uh, upgrade. The, the, uh, the consciousness of great. Well, uh, thank you so much for spending some time Please, with us. Please, thank really, you so really much wonderful. for this. Yeah, Truly enjoyed it. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> so great. I mean, serious. Ah, just. I, I had I had to jump on the uh, on the, another browser on YouTube just to uh, make my own comments about how great I thought she was. Um, yeah, just so wonderful, man. What, what were you struck by, Dan? I mean, I know there's a bunch of comments in there too. We can talk about those, but anything strike you? And yeah, I was just going to put up a couple of the comments here. Uh, this interdependence and interconnectedness idea. Uh, Alex says our interdependence and interconnectedness is why what we do to another, we do to ourselves, both good and bad. Yeah. The, the echoes of the Christian teachings and Jesus teachings that were just going through my head, I remember now talking with uh, with her and then also sitting here, you know, that's, that's Jesus saying, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and I'm in you, or what you do to the least of these, you do to me. Like, yeah. right, there's a lot of social construct ways you can talk about those kinds of teachings, but there's also what she's getting at, which is you know, the human experience is actually interlaced. Mm-hmm. And um, the you and me and other is not is not a uh, it's just a fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of parallels. I mean, Jesus was trying to get us to stop harming each other, see our interconnectedness, yeah. and uh, see that when we harm someone else, we're actually doing damage to our own soul and our own selves and our own communities, and. Uh, it's almost like Jainism takes it a step further, like not just mm-hmm. people, but the living beings around you, you are also connected to. And uh, I love that she brings in science to the conversation uh, from neuroscience mm-hmm. to, you know, ecology, like we are connected to the earth uh, in yeah. ways that we're only just beginning to understand through science, um, whether it's on a macro level, you know, ecosystems to like gut bacteria level we're starting to understand all the living things that are working around us and in us and uh you know from the neuroscience to those mirror neurons she mentioned we can see and feel when someone else is hurting and it is mirrored in our own selves and and hurts us as well yeah pretty interesting (laughs) just great yeah, now I'm reminded by people in the chat that today is not only Valentine's Day, but in, in the Christian tradition, at least one big swath of it, it's Ash Wednesday. And so that notion of like body and spirit connection, 
um, that, that Serby was talking about was just so great, you know, and her like, no, I pushed the other Janus on the idea that they want to get out of their, out of their bodies and into their heads, and into their consciousness. And you've got to root it right there in the body. That is, that is the demand of, of true, uh, integration and true understanding, man, that was just, just wonderful. Um, yeah. and it, again, the, the wonderful thing about the parliament of the world's religions was, I, and I'm not trying to blend all the religions together because I don't think they're blended. I think they all bring their own unique contribution and they're not saying simply the same thing. They're just all part of the same picture, right? And it's a more, it's better than it's, it's kind of all the same. You know, I mean, I think when people sameism things, it's like, yeah, I think we're, I think you might be missing the beauty of this thing. But those contributions, uh, uh, they, they echo, they echo the contributions that, that other traditions say in their own ways. You know, that there's this, the, the integration of body and spirit um, is is essential to a particular way of thinking, and I thought her way of getting after that was just just so great. Yeah, yeah, really what great. a treat! What a treat! And, and then she's so inclusive in it, which is at the end, like, well, you're you're Jane now. Yeah, you know, if you take a not, if you, <laughs> you you're into nonviolence, oh, you're part of the club. Yeah, and she wasn't raised that way. She was raised with like, you know, there's ins and outs and you're going to marry mm-hmm. a Jane and that's going to be it. And then your your kids are going to be that. And it's our community and not those communities, you know. So she was pushing pushing back on that and saying, well, I'm not interested in, in Jane experience that's only can only happen in some places. I also love yeah. that. I mean, that just really resonated with me, her saying, we can't, I don't want to go back to India and do it in India. Mm-hmm. I, I want to figure out Long Island, you know, right. because if Jane true for me, then it needs to be a thing where I am. It mm-hmm. has to, it has to work here. I can't, I can't have a place where it is, where it happens and places where it doesn't. And every tradition has its own way of hinting that, you know, you have to do it in this location or in this country or in this right. language or in the building or with only these leaders or only these select people. You have to have the right conditions to be in place uh, for any of this to work. And she's like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm up to. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great (laughs) reminder, not just for Janus, but uh, for a bunch of other folks we met in their faith traditions that these, uh, these world religions, some of the biggest in the world, as well as some of these uh, less familiar to those of us in the Western world, they aren't static monoliths like we sometimes mm-hmm. think they are growing and evolving and progressing and there's differences and debates and people trying to push their uh, faith traditions forward just like many of us uh, are and I just found that really inspiring yeah yeah me too so so great well uh, all right well well happy uh, happy Jane day on the common good podcast and happy uh, Valentine's Day and uh, Good Ash Wednesday to you. Uh, and you know, there's just some of those religious holidays you can't really say happy, I think. <laughs> it feels yeah. funny. And uh, remember that we are dust. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like even that, right? In the, in, in the Christian tradition, because I've always thought of we are dust as like you're, you're just going to disintegrate someday. Okay, so fair enough. Maybe that's what it is. That you you got this formula right now, but whether your body's burned in a you know, in a crematory or you just wait in the ground, it's gonna all break apart and turn to dust. Or 
you know, what uh, Serbi might be saying to us is, no, the dust in you, same thing. Mm-hmm. No difference. No difference here. Like find your find your you in the in the dust. You know, I don't know. It was, or or in the ash or in the ashes. It was just yeah. So yeah. I remember smiling for twenty four hours after that conversation, <laughs> and nothing not again. It's yeah, really lovely. Pretty great. Pretty pretty great. All right, all well. Thanks uh, thanks for being a part of this. And if you you know people that like this kind of thing, um, share this. I already have a half a dozen people right off right off the, my mind that I'm like, oh, I'm totally sharing this with, with certain people that are just going to love it. You know, they're going to, they're going to be yelling out loud in their cars or kitchens when they're listening to it. <laughs> so maybe you're all the same way and you can share it. You can share it around. Yeah. Is that good for today? Yeah, it's great. And check the, the show notes for links and we'll let you find those, uh, those ways to her website. Mm-hmm. See y'all. Bye. Happy day. Bye.